Hey folks, this is Alyssa with a few pre-show notes. First off, at the very end of recording this episode, I realized that my audio was being recorded off my computer's microphone instead of my very nice podcasting mic. So if I sound a little bit weird throughout the episode, that's why. Second, Andrew and I went on about 20 tangents when we were recording this episode, and I ended up having to edit down some of those conversations or cut them out entirely. We are hanging on to the unedited audio, and we may be releasing the full recording as a bonus episode in the near future. And finally, we are going to be recording a Q&A episode soon. So if you have any questions about witchcraft, friendship, podcasting, teaching, school, plants, the ocean, etc., please feel free to send those questions to us on Twitter, Instagram, or email all of which are choose a coven pod and then the email is choose a coven pod at gmail.com all right on to the episode hello and welcome to choose a coven i'm andrew and i'm Alyssa. and this week we're talking about sea witchcraft <laughs> yay yay oh, shit. <laughs> okay <laughs> you're still riding the high I okay. am. I'm still uh, riding the wave. Riding the wave. As one might say. <laughs> Beach trip. <laughs> Beach trip. Um. Yes, what did you do for the past week, Alyssa? <laughs> I was at the beach. <laughs> I, um, I went on a well, well-deserved, much-needed vacation. Um, it was the first vacation that I gave myself... Um, So, for those of you who don't know this, which I think I've talked about it briefly, um, the the 2018-2019 academic year was my first year as a teacher. Teaching, I don't know if you know this, but teaching is fucking hard. (laughs) Um, And around February, I was getting really stressed. I was in the throes of, you know, seasonal depression, and so were, like, half of my students, and it was just, it was rough. Um... And I was just kind of like, you know what? I need to give myself a vacation. Um, Teachers get the whole summer off, but you know, there's something different between having time off at home. Like I'm doing stuff, right? I'm keeping up with the apartment. I had classes and stuff like that. So there's there's a big difference between having the summer off and having a vacation Mm -hmm. and so I was just like, you know what, I'm going to go away. After I finish my, you know, summer session for grad school, I'm going to go away. And I decided that I wanted to go to Ocean City, Maryland, which is where my family has gone for most of my life. <laughs> um, mostly because it's familiar, so I, I knew, you know, where the good places to eat were. And I knew, okay, here's, you know something fun to do this is way overpriced this is and this and that i i know the area and the other thing was if god forbid anything happened i know the area Mm -hmm. um so i I decided to go there with just myself and my fiance eddie and it was so nice i'm so glad um beach aside like it's also like there's lots to do because it's it's a resort town Mm -hmm. um there's lots to do and there were rides and go-karts so yeah, I was at the beach and it was very nice. Good. And I am sad that I am home now. <laughs> Fair. The beach yes. is nice. The beach is very nice. 
I've been but getting ready to go back to school, which is fun. I have to start doing that. I have to like start gearing un-nice. up for. I have to start gearing up for you know, the rest of the year. Yeah. But after my birthday. <laughs> mm. Mm-hmm. That's coming up. It is. It will have passed by the time this episode airs, but at time yes. of recording, it is on Wednesday. Yes. <laughs> it's Sunday, and my birthday is Wednesday. And my birthday is a week from today. Oh, it's exactly a week. Yes, it is exactly yes. a week. That's how math works. <laughs> <laughs> All so right, so shall exciting. we kick so this bad boy off? All right. Yes. So for this episode, we're trying out a new format. Um, Alyssa and I have very different paths and we want to talk about those things but the other person might not have the expertise to have it be a conversation so we came up with the idea to have one of us interview the other on an aspect of our craft that we find particularly important so in this episode i am going to be interviewing Alyssa about sea witchcraft and then in a future episode Alyssa is going to interview me about plants and we'll see how it goes from there I will say, uh, just because uh, time does not work linearly when you are in college or a teacher, <laughs> so we've recorded the plants episode already, and <laughs> it's a fun one. It's a fun <laughs> one. I get really excited. Andrew does get very excited. <laughs> so shall we just kick this off? Yeah, let's do it. So to start, can you share generally about your relationship to the sea or just water in general? I love water despite the fact that there was a about a two-year period where i did not drink water (laughs) when i was a child unless it was forced upon me um my mother was not too fond of that but um but so i have and i'm not sure if it's a manufactured memory or if maybe i've gotten the timeline wrong but i remember being as young as maybe like three Um, where at my old house, the first house that I lived in until I was seven, um, we had an above ground pool in our backyard. And I remember being, you know, very small. And my brother had, my brother was also very small. (laughs) So I had to have been about three or four years old. And I had this adorable little bathing suit that it was like a one piece with a skirt, but the (laughs) skirt had like styrofoam cylinders in it. What? So it was like a built-in flotation device. I don't know. It was the 90s. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> and so, like, I would float, and I couldn't, like, you know, drown myself or whatever in the water. Um, and, my, you know, my mom would come in with us, and it was nice and fun. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember being really little, wanting to learn how to swim and asking my mom to teach me how to swim. And... <laughs> She would say, okay, but you have to wait until your brother goes down for his nap because he's going to get jealous. <laughs> he was not. He was an infant. He didn't know what was happening. It was just, you know, my mom couldn't teach me how to swim and also worry about an infant child. So mm-hmm. she needed to, one thing at a time. <laughs> but I remember, I remember her teaching me when I was really little um, to the point where, like, I don't remember ever using, like, the really cute like arm floaty water wing things Mm -hmm. just because I knew how to swim from when I was really little um and then when we moved into the um house that we moved into when I was seven and that I lived in up until I moved to the Bronx um it didn't have a pool but our second year there we had one put in 
because not having a pool sucked. Um, especially for me because I'm an August baby. I was born in the summer, so I would have pool parties every year. And it was like one year where I was like, well, I don't know what to do <laughs> for my birthday. I am turning eight years old and I don't know what to do. We don't have a pool. <laughs> um, and I mean, even I also, like, I must have always had a connection because one of my favorite movies as a kid was The Little Mermaid. Um, actually, one of my, like, earliest vivid memories is of opening presents for my sixth birthday. Uh, my parents would do, like, themed wrapping paper every year, as Makes you do sense. when your child is, you know, six. <laughs> and mm -hmm. it was Little Mermaid wrapping paper. <laughs> Huge. Um, so I remember like things like that. So I always had some kind of connection, like as far back as I can remember. Um, and then when I was 14, I joined my high school swim team. And that kind of really solidified it for me. I was not a very athletic kid before that. Um, I was a dancer, but when you like, you know, in gym class, they were like, play soccer. It <laughs> did not go well. <laughs> um, and so when I was, when I joined the swim team, I just kind of was good at it. Um, I mean, I wasn't as good as the, the girls on the team who'd been swimming since they were, you know, six or seven years old. But for a newbie, I was pretty good and I got really good really fast. So it became a really big part of my life because when my teammates and my coach realized that I was, you know, I had a lot of potential as someone who was coming into the sport kind of late, um, I was encouraged to join like a full year club team and once I did that they like really worked with me to improve things and <laughs> I have this distinct memory of coming back to my high school team after I joined um, a club team in the spring of my sophomore year and I did the full summer right mm -hmm. and I have this distinct memory of coming back and some of my high school teammates who were on my club team when we were doing like sprints um, which is part of practicing I was a few people behind some of my friends from my club team, and when they saw me go up on the block, they were like, coach, coach, look at Alyssa, watch Alyssa. And the coach was like, what, why? And of course, I didn't see this because I was swimming, <laughs> but they all were telling me, they were like, when we told coach to watch you and you dove in, her jaw just dropped. Because <laughs> my, my technique had gotten a lot better and I was going a lot faster. Um, so I had this just really strong connection to it and I always loved swimming like there would be you know days when I was just like having a rough day and I would get out of the pool and cry because I was just having a rough day and my coaches would come over and be like what's going on and sometimes I'd tell them what it was sometimes I would just be like I just got a lot going on and they're like and I loved distance I really liked swimming long distance my events were the 200 and the 500 yards freestyle Mm -hmm. um, which isn't really distance, it's technically considered middle distance, but at the level I was competing, it's those are the two longest races, um, except for the 1650, which we were actually building me up to when I hurt my knee, but that's <laughs> another story. Mm -hmm. So, you know, they just say, go, they were like, here, go in the like empty lane, or they'd have me go in the like injured lane, <laughs> and I would do, they'd just be like, do a couple 500s for us or do a couple 200s um, instead of the sprint set because you're not going to get anything out of that because you don't <laughs> like you're not a sprinter you're not going to benefit go do some 200s mm -hmm. um, or whatever and I was able to just leave everything in the water 
and it was a very calming experience for me and it was a very like helpful experience for me um i miss it a lot but you know life gets in the way sometimes um so that, that and i mean uh, in addition to that my family you know, some families, when it's the summertime, they go camping or whatever. My family mm-hmm. went to the beach. And so that was just a big part of my life. Like, every summer, we'd go to the beach for a mm-hmm. week. We'd, like, have a vacation. Um, and I would always, you know, when I was really little, I was always the one that was like, let's go in the ocean, let's go, let's go, let's go. Um, even when the ra- waves were really rough, it would make my parents nervous sometimes because I'd, like, hang out near the break and let the waves toss me around which is really not safe and I don't advise it but um you know kids are resilient so I have memories of my mom wasn't super keen on going in the ocean but my dad would go with me I have memories of him like teaching me what waves you could you know jump up to like get over which ones you had to dive under and Mm -hmm. um I remember like before I was really comfortable going underwater and before I could really stand even like far enough out before the like, you know, before the waves would break, he would hold me and if there was a wave that he was going to have to dive under, he'd throw me up in the air (laughs) over the wave to keep me safe and I would land back in the water and then he'd grab me. Although from my, you know, childish perspective, I thought that he was throwing me up in the air and then diving and then catching me. <laughs> um, so there's just, there's, there's memories and there's fond memories of being in water and being in the ocean from a very young age. Um, it's just always been a part of my life. Mm-hmm. Although ironically, I do not like getting rained on. <laughs> Which is hilarious. I love getting rain done. There's just something about... It's a curly hair thing. It's a curly girl thing. Yes. Rain and curly hair do not get along. That checks out. (laughs) I don't take care of my hair at all, slash keep it short. So it doesn't at all... It will always look bad. (laughs) Rain, no rain. Yeah. Um, So when you're thinking about the connection that you felt even since you were a kid what do you think draws you to the sea the water uh well i spent a lot of time thinking about that when i was at the beach um and i have two theories about this um the first one is that it's kind of in my blood Mm -hmm. um on like my family on both sides i have family from ireland norway and spain there's a lot of seafaring going on in those cultures um and not only that but i kind of come from a family of sailors on my mom's side um, my grandfather and my uncle were both in the navy and my brother is at a maritime school right now and he's not sure if he wants to join the navy or just kind of go into like shipping and working on an oil rig or something like that he's still figuring that out but it's just kind of been this part of my family and I I don't really know any further back than that um I don't really know anything further than um the like grandparent generation but there's definitely something there um and it's interesting because my brother because my brother is um training to be a sailor (laughs) Um, he feels, he, he would tell stories the first time he went on a ship, 
his school requires a certain number of sea hours every year and the first time he did his summer sea term you know it took a lot of the other students a long time to kind of get their sea legs so to speak get nauseous or whatever and my brother was just like he felt right at home from from jump street and he actually has the story from last summer he was doing an internship on an oil rig and my grandfather was a machinist in the navy um, and he has this story of telling he, that he texted it to my mom and she almost started crying um, because this is about her her father. Um, but he, he just texted her one day and he was like, this might sound crazy, but Pop-Pop is with me. And my mom was very confused. Um, and my brother was saying that he felt he was in the engine room and he just felt this presence. And it wasn't a a malicious presence it was very comforting and it was very familiar um and how he like felt it like in his like heart and I'm, I misremember I wish that I could remember the exact text and I, I don't want to ask my mom because she'd have to search there like a year of text messages for it but there was just something really profound about that especially because my brother doesn't believe in any of that stuff my brother's super super catholic mm -hmm. um like inherited my grandmother's bible when she passed catholic um very catholic yes um but like the fact that he felt that um i could never go on a ship because i get violently emotions <laughs> <laughs> but um i feel very similarly just being in the water i just kind of feel comforted and at peace and at home um but yeah so that that's one theory that I have is that it's just kind of like a part of me from however far back and I just signed up for a free trial of Ancestry.com so maybe I'll figure something out and I'll <laughs> let you all know in the future. Um, but the other thing, and this is what I was thinking about a lot whilst I was at the beach this past week, but there's just something incredible about the power that the ocean has. Um, both to create and to destroy mm -hmm. um and i mean water can give us life i mean we are what are we like 70 percent water i don't know <laughs> <laughs> we are made of water and you know we need it to survive and the ocean provides you know fish to feed us but can also very easily take that life away i mean you think of tsunamis and people who drown in the ocean and um I was just reading a story about someone who died in a freak accident because a wave just hit them the wrong way and they hit the ground the wrong way and snapped their neck. Mm -hmm. um, like the ocean is vicious. <laughs> it, the ocean, it's very strong and it's very powerful in a way that I really love because it can bring a lot of peace, but it also has this strength. And that's something that I really strive to is, you know, that strength and that power that the sea has of, you know, peace, but then also when it needs to, it takes no prisoners. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I really love that. And I'm having a really hard time articulating it, but there's just something about the, like, gentleness and the roughness of the sea at the same time that I really love and that duality I very much strive to in my own life and I, I feel like 
that's a big part of why I'm drawn to it. That's awesome. That yeah. makes, that makes sense. <laughs> like I totally respect the ocean. I love being in the water. I love swimming. But it's like overwhelming. It's powerful. Yeah. And I mean, even as someone who loves going in, um, there were a few times this past week where I would, you know, start heading in. And I mean, part of it was just basic water safety of my fiance didn't want to go in. So it was just me. And I was kind of like, I don't feel super comfortable getting caught in a wave right now where I'm by myself. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I don't have anyone who's specifically looking out for me. Um, you know, so there was some of that, but there were like times and I was just kind of like, no, no, (laughs) this is not right now. It's not safe or just now is not the time. Um, there was a thunderstorm one time, one night when we were there. So that's why it was kind of rough. But, um, yeah, that's another thing too. Like the ocean is tied so strongly to so many other aspects of nature. Um, Mm -hmm. I mean, it's tidally locked with the moon and a lot of times the, the weather patterns going on will dictate the way that the ocean behaves in really cool ways. Um, and I, I also really like that. Yeah. So when you're not at the beach, when you're at home doing your everyday life, how do you incorporate the sea? Not as well as I would like. (laughs) Um, Just because it's hard. Um, But there are are a few things. Um, Baths and showers. So just kind of whatever water I have access to, which most of the time it's baths, showers, using those as a part of, you know, like cleansing practices and stuff like that. Um, And then I have, you know, seawater and seashells and sand on my altar that I use in my practice and I charge on the full moon, you know all of that Mm -hmm. stuff. Um, I also have, and I bought this not necessarily with the intent for it to be witchcraft, and I either talked about it on an episode that has yet to come out or on our first episode, I do not remember. Um, But I I bought this candle just because I was like, eh, that's cool. (laughs) It was on sale. But as I was, you know, lighting it and letting it burn, it was just kind of like really calming and comforting, and it brought this like sense of serenity that I and this sense of energy to me that I really was lacking and this sea salt and driftwood scented <laughs> um, so you know there's that uh, I also use sea salt in nearly everything <laughs> um, I, I, I use sea salt as opposed to regular salt A because it tastes better B because it's a little healthier for you <laughs> and C because it's you know from the ocean um, Something that I have been trying really hard to be better at is like my own personal conservation efforts and doing what I can to stop polluting the ocean. Um, So things like reusable straws, which I'm still working on because I'm really bad at cleaning them. (laughs) Um, And I don't have a carrying case for mine yet. trying to limit single-use plastic so I just got a new water bottle and I'm trying to use that more than you know buying bottled water from the store um, and just like more recycling in general so trying to do things like that um, because you know protecting the ocean is a really important part of drawing from its power Um, so there's that which I, I am not 
great at, but again, change isn't made by one person doing things perfectly, it's made by a lot of people doing something imperfectly. So, there's that. Slash corporations changing mm -hmm. their horrible practices. That too. <laughs> that too. Uh, we will do an entire episode about corporatism and, and capitalism and witchcraft. Yes, that, that is a whole other topic, um, but worth acknowledging here. Um, and there are a few things that I am really excited to do. Um, I, when I was in Ocean City, they have these cute little jewelry stores all along the boardwalk, and I, you know, I like to poke into them. Some of them are entirely out of my price range, but <laughs> aspirational shopping. <laughs> um, so, but there was one store that had um, necklaces that I could afford <laughs> that um, they were like, it was like, I'll post a picture of it on Instagram because by the way, we're on Instagram now. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'll post a picture of it on Instagram, but it's, um, it's like a circle with a wave in it. Um, and I bought it. And what I plan on doing once I kind of get resettled in, um, and unpacked and everything and get my altar set back up with all my acquisitions. <laughs> um, <laughs> I am going to charge that necklace with the sea, you know, water and the shells and the sand that I brought back and I'm basically going to enchant it with the strength and power of the sea so that I can always carry that with me and draw on it when I feel I need it most. Mm -hmm. um, because I like magical jewelry. <laughs> um, so that's something I'm really excited to do. I just need spoons. Yeah. Because the uh, five-hour drive home drained all of those. Um, but so I think that, that's most of how I incorporate it. Um, I'm still working on, you know, different ways of, um, you know, incorporating witchcraft, uh, sea witchcraft specifically into my practice. But those are the big things. Yeah. Well, I feel like, I don't know, for me, just like hearing you talk about like conservation efforts mm -hmm. within, like as a practice, that resonates so deeply with me mm -hmm. because I think it can be really easy as witches and as humans in general to just get so excited and to just take, take, take and just do things and like take from the take power from the sea or from trees or whatever mm -hmm. and then not give back yeah but like what's what's the point it's a relationship a, team a friend of mine was actually talking about that recently uh, she was having a hard time with the fact that because she's disabled so she was saying like I have to do these things that hurt the planet that's the narrative that's being put out there. I feel like I cannot ask the planet or the earth to do anything for me. And I was just like, and a bunch of my friends and I were like, that isn't how this works. No. Um, we were like, if you feel like you need to ask permission, I actually um, gave like a brief summary of like when you were talking about asking permission of your plant and tree friends. Um, mm hmm I was like asking permission and if the earth is like not right now bro not right now um 
and then also I was just kind of like doing what you can do um, you know you, you need to do X Y and Z but you can reuse your pill bottles for something you can instead of throwing them out you can do little things here and there I actually um, I try and reuse my pill bottles as spell jars that I don't intend on burying Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> yeah, so I do that too. Yeah, I had to hoard a lot of pill bottles. Um, well, I just like produce a lot of them, but I also had to hoard them for a play I was in, mm. and so I just have a bunch. They're really great stuff containers. Yeah, just don't bury them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Please, God, people, don't I mean, honestly, bury. Just don't bury anything that's not. Like, put it in a tissue or a paper towel if you mm-hmm. must. Unbleached. 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 <laughs> um, this has slowly become a <laughs> conservation episode, but... Yep. So, when you are at the beach, what makes you feel most connected to the sea? Being there? <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, it's, it's, it's kind of just that simple. Like, honestly... It's two things. It's the salty sea air. I love it. I love that feeling. If I could figure out how to bottle it and bring it back with me, I would. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and the crash of the waves, um, kind of in conjunction with that. Mm-hmm. I also really love standing on the like shoreline where the water comes up and just kind of letting it... Um, you know, cover my feet and let me sink into the sand over and over again. That was actually the last thing I did mm. before I left. I actually, I told my fiance, I was like, I gotta go say goodbye real quick. He's like, okay. And I just stood there. Um, and I just closed my eyes and I just kind of let it kind of ground me a little bit. And I said, thank you. Um, so it's just kind of like, yeah, being there and just like being physically connected to it and physically sensing it in the ways that you necessarily you may not necessarily be able to if you just have seawater and seashells and sand at home Mm -hmm. like the difference between seeing a tree when you're in new york city and being in the forest yeah it's just side note (laughs) side note just to comment on that uh andrew was saying that because uh, shortly before I went away, Andrew visited New York City. Um, I did. <laughs> to see Hamilton. Yes. Seething with jealousy. <laughs> um, to see Hamilton, and whilst they were here, I joined them for a little while as their tour guide. Yes. Um, and it was I knew so we were gonna wonderful. Have, yes. <laughs> and I knew we were going to have to take a um, crowded subway. And I knew that Andrew and their dad wanted to see Central Park and the Museum of Natural History, which are right next to each other. And so I was like, we're going to do the park first. (laughs) And they were just kind of like, okay. (laughs) And as soon as we got there, it was just kind of like, yep, (laughs) I made the right call. Yeah, I mean, my whole demeanor changed. Mm -hmm. I... I loved visiting you. Mm-hmm. Hamilton was amazing. I loved mm-hmm. the things that we saw and did. I loved Central Park. And I've basically made up my mind that I'm no longer considering the grad school. That's fair. In the city. I couldn't do it. That's fair. 
I it was amazing. New York was so cool, and I will visit. Yes. But I can't live there. I can't. Like I couldn't. I couldn't see the stars. I couldn't. Like ah. Uh, <laughs> Not seeing the stars is rough for me. I'm searching high and low for like a like an authentic, like realistic starlight projector for my bedroom. Because mm-hmm. um, so the, hard. Yeah, because the other aspect of witchcraft that I love about as much as sea witchcraft is cosmic witchcraft and, you know, drawing on the stars and planets and everything and the moon. Mm-hmm. I wonder why I might feel strong connection to both the sea and the moon. Huh. <laughs> she said sarcastically. Um, but I, um, yeah, that's the one thing that's really been rough for me. Although you, from my apartment, on a clear night, you can see some stars. Which worked out perfectly because that there was a clear night, the night that Eddie and I got engaged. <laughs> and that was our, like, thing that we wanted. Good. Yeah. So, what about when you aren't at the beach? So, a recent discovery. <laughs> um, a recent discovery, and this might sound silly, is The Sims 4. recently released an expansion called Island Living (laughs) in which you can live on a Hawaii-esque island and be a mermaid (laughs) so all of my characters because I have a really hard time committing to Sims characters (laughs) <laughs> um, usually I'm like, I'm going to have them make babies. And then I get overwhelmed by the babies and I quit playing that character. Oh but so God. all of the characters that I have created recently, also because character creation is so much fun. Um, all the characters that I've made recently either have been mermaids or started out as just regular humans living on the island who then searched high and low for the consumable item that lets you become a mermaid. Hmm. <laughs> um, and they've all lived on the island. And with this expansion, they created a few new career options. And one of them is conservationist. Ooh. And honestly, it's like a super fun career path. Um, like in the game, like I really like the stuff that it lets you do. Um, so I've, they've all been conservationists. Plus, when you reach level five, you get a boat. <laughs> nice. Like a sailboat. It's cool. I've never uh, really played The Sims. I would recommend it. It's one of my favorite games. So, what would you recommend to listeners who are interested in strengthening their connection to the sea? See, this one's tricky for me because for me, it's just kind of innate. Um. But when I was thinking about this, a few things came to mind. Um, Probably the most obvious one, but I'm going to kind of say something that might be controversial. Just go to a body of water that's near you. Um, Whatever that is. A lake, a river. If you are lucky enough to live in a coastal city, go to the ocean. But, like, it can be a pool. Honestly, it could be a puddle. (laughs) Just, like... Creeks. Creeks. Like, I feel like a lot of suburban park things will have, like, a little dinky creek. Mm-hmm. 
So just whatever body of water is nearest to you, just kind of go there, chill, experience it um, in whatever way you want to. Um, I, I mean, like, I growing up, it was always a pool for me. And even now, like, still, I this is my first year living in a place without a pool. And, I mean, I have an open invitation from my parents <laughs> to just mm-hmm. come whenever I want because, you know, they're not, they're not like, you don't live here anymore, you can't come here. That would be ridiculous. Um, so, like, it's just kind of like I just got to shoot me a text, like, a few days beforehand so that my mother can make sure there's food that I eat. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I've just, a couple of times, just gone up to the pool. It's nice. Um, and then... Um, using baths and showers and other kinds of water as cleansing rituals are super helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you are the kind of person like me who likes books <laughs> on witchcraft, um, Sea Magic by Sandra Kynes is a really great book that goes into like the historical significance of the sea as well as, you know, actual like you know, practices of sea witchcraft and uh, stuff like that. Something else that might be fun is, you know, getting into, like, lore with, like, sirens and mermaids and stuff like that. I haven't done a lot of that yet, um, but doing stuff like that could be fun. Um, Have you seen the movie, um, I'm forgetting what it's called now. That was a useless time to forget what it's called. Do you... Oh, but it's about a, sel- a selkie in Ireland. It's like a children's movie. The se- the mm-hmm. Sacred of Roninish or something like that. No, that sounds familiar. Um, but no. What it, I have seen is the 13th year. <laughs> I quality love the 13th movie. Year. <laughs> Secret of Roninish okay. is the title and it is about a kid whose family like genetically was connected to selkies at one point that's cool who live in ireland and it's really about like it's partially about like irish diaspora Mm -hmm. and having to go to cities and move from rural areas in order to have work and missing their connection to the sea and feeling Mm -hmm. like they're not connected anymore i'm gonna have to watch that because it's so good. It's a children. It is a children's movie. But that it's, means nothing to me. <laughs> like, have I, you ever I, seen um, the? Oh, I'm so bad. The like little princess. Yes. It's very similar in filming and movie. tone to that. I love that movie so. Yeah, me it's too. It's deeply imperfect, um, but I love it. Yes. Um, so, I will have. To, I will have to check that out. Uh, I will do that before if we ever do an episode about, like, ancestry. Mm-hmm. My family is from Ireland. <laughs> um, so so those are kind of, like, the three things for me. Um, also, I mean, this is kind of silly, but there's some super basic, like, nautical decor <laughs> like at Christmas tree shops and stuff like that. If you're into that, fucking go for it. Anything that makes you feel more connected to the sea, go for it. Um, 
Or do like, water in general. Like, don't let your ideas of what you should be feeling and experiencing determine how you are and how you act. Yeah, that's just kind of a life lesson. Like, in general. <laughs> yeah. just Do what you want. There's no right or wrong. Okay, there is a wrong way. As long as you're not hurting that. people. Yeah, as long as you're not hurting anyone or anything, and as long as you're not being, like, a snobbish, asshole. elitist... Don't be an asshole. ...butthead. <laughs> yeah, don't be an asshole. Then you're fine. But the wrong way to do it is to tell other people that what they're doing is wrong. Um... Unless they're being assholes. You can tell assholes that they're being wrong. <laughs> like, y'all, we're witches. Like, mm-hmm. there's the part of that that is coven and is community. But there's a lot of it is just your own personal practice, your own personal relationship with the world and the universe. Mm-hmm. You don't get to determine what anyone else's looks like, and they don't get to determine yours. So if it yeah. makes you feel safe and good, then it makes you feel yeah. safe and good. Do whatever you want. We Yeah, do whatever you want. Um, as long as it feels good and feels right to you and isn't hurting anyone or anything else, um, do it. Yeah. And I say that with a caveat, is we are not anti-curse on this podcast. No, we are not. Um, we are pro... Well, okay, I'll, I will, I'll take away the royal we, but, like, in general, with good cause, like... We're not anti-curse. But anyway, don't hurt people. Anyway, let's wrap okay. this up. Because I'm going to have to edit a bunch. So of much. <laughs> um, which will be fine. All right. So I think that's going to bring us to the end of this episode. Um, so thank you guys so much for listening. You can find us on Twitter at ChooseACovenPod. You can also find us on Instagram at Choose a Coven Pod, and you can email us at Choose a Coven Pod at gmail.com. If you liked this episode and are excited for more, please subscribe to our podcast and leave a review. And please share it with other humans and animals and plants and trees, specifically. I'm Alyssa, and you can find me on Twitter at AlyssWritesStuff. I'm Andrew, and you can find me on Twitter at LAndrewH98. Special thank you to Karen Amador for designing our incredible cover art. You can find her on Instagram at Elador. All right, last but not least, we're excited. All right, last but not least, we're excited to announce the winner of our sign-off contest. So congratulations to a tournament, I think is how I pronounce your Twitter name, uh, at a tournament 13 on Twitter, for suggesting... Say hi to your favorite tree. Say hi to your favorite beach.